This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com. I'm in the beautiful town of York, Maine, and I'm sitting here with Anthony Moore of Anthony Moore's Painting Conservation. How are you, Anthony? Fine, thank you. Um, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And um, we were talking earlier, this beautiful setting here with these, I think there's six buildings, is there a total? There is six buildings, yes. um, I, I, Cleaned all these out when I was like 22 years old. All the antiques, um, I had fun um, picking through all this back in 1981 or something like that. And uh, it's a beautiful property. And when did you first move your studios here? Uh, 91, I, I moved to this spot. Um, it was uh, this, this particular building we're in now was owned by Carl Crossman at the time. And I just came up for a vacation, and I say Carl Crossman because he was the, the main sponsor for me to come and work here on China Trade paintings, on the restoration of China Trade paintings. Now, uh, painting conservation is uh, it's very important, um, really, you know, keeping history, basically, and beautiful artwork. I've seen you work on some amazing pieces, and we've known each other for a long time, and... I just wanted to find out what actually got you started in this uh, field to begin with. Um, well, as I probably said to you, Marty, poverty got me started. But I left uh, art college in mid-70s, and um, what I could do was paint and, and match colors, uh, paint uh, parts of paintings that were missing. So that's, that's what I did. I was an independent contractor, as you would say, over here, and went from a number of res restoration studios, or conservation studios, as they're now called, and I would come in and do the in-painting, and the in-painting is where you put the color back on to the picture, where you match the colors, where you put back a hand if it's missing, or a face if it's missing, or anywhere where the paint is actually has gone, and that's, uh, that was my job. So I know when you're, you're in painting, say there's a lot of paint loss on something, um, you have to actually build it up a little bit, I believe, first before you actually put the paint on so it, it kind of like evens out. But also, what do you do to make that new paint adhere and, and blend into the old paint? Um, well, it, let's first of all say that it, it doesn't blend in so much. Um, what we do when we have a picture that has been cleaned and is ready for in-painting, then we put what we call a, an isolating varnish over the surface. And then where there is missing paint, we will fill that with, with the gesso uh, until the gesso, and then let the gesso dry and make it quite hard, uh, and then the paint will go on top of that gesso. It doesn't need any particular preparation. Sometimes we might use an acrylic paint um, the water-based acrylic paint before we then come in to put on an, an oil-based or, or an oil medium acrylic paint. There is some difference. Getting technical here, but basically you just put the, the paint will go right onto the gesso. I know that uh, when people are looking at a paint to see if it has been in-painted, they, they'll use a black light to see if it'll fluoresce. And also, um, a lot of times you can tell if the signature is false also that way. Um, we can talk about that a little bit later. But um, do people ever request to have an earlier type paint or pigment on something so it doesn't fluoresce, so it's uh, very similar to 
like to say an early master's work or something like that? Well, they might request it, um, but that that isn't going to to work. The what happens when you have an ultraviolet light is that the pigment absorbs the ultraviolet rays and so that the pigment itself, doesn't matter what age it is, is going to be darker. Now, what varies is the varnish. So it's not the dark areas that are fluorescing, it's the varnish that fluoresces. So the older the varnish is, the more they fluoresce. In other words, therefore, the, the ultraviolet light is not being absorbed, it's being bounced straight back into, you, into your eyes, so you see quite clearly a greenish or a milky colour, uh, and that is really the fluorescence. But in the trade, they've switched the two, two names, so the dark areas are now uh, generally referred to by dealers as fluorescing when, in fact, it's the areas around it. So it's really a matter of the medium or the varnish uh, making that match if you wanted, for some reason, to fool the blacklight. Now, getting back to the end painting that, sh- that you're doing, I know that is very tricky. Does someone actually have to be an artist to do that work? There's a simple answer to that, no. Um, while some of my best end painters, in fact, I have one now, a very good in painter who actually I would say she was an artist um, but she based her work on printmaking so we're not talking about the usual virtuosity of a painter if that's what you mean by artist so no um, we've had a few who are who are good painters and good in painters but quite often there's not the judgment you would expect from a painter as far as just matching colors or getting the shapes correct. Right now I've been uh, working on restoring my house, (laughs) and I'm doing a lot of regular painting, painting on my house, and I I noticed that the paints will um, dry a little bit darker than when they first go on, or a lot of times that happens. Is that something you have to keep in mind when you're doing in-painting and matching the colors? Yes, it, it is something you keep in mind. They all dry differently from the way you put them on when they're still wet. Um, We do have what we call acrylic pigments, which are in a ketone varnish, and they are manufactured for restorers, and they keep, basically keep, um, that exact value that you see when you put put them down. They will sometimes, you know, the the light ones will go a bit darker. Um, Generally... That's the major problem. The, the dark colors um, will tend to go a little milkier. So, so those, but we do have paints to, to counteract that. Do you, when someone brings something to you, and do you take a judgment call with the amount of work that has to be done on it for the worth of the painting, or do you let that be up to the person that owns the piece? No, I don't. I don't make a judgment call at all because that would be to make a, a call on, on what they what they thought the, the piece was worth, and um, what you think it's worth depends on your emotional attachment to it, or not. So, um, if it's as we say a private client, um, and they and it was their grandma did it, then that's not for me to say whether it was good or bad. Um, if it's a 
a dealer who has an idea of the monetary value or what they paid for it, um, and then I would make it quite clear this is what it will cost you to restore it, they, um, they then still make the decision. Um, it's not up to me to make the decision, but um, I try and give them as accurate information. I had a conversation with my father years ago, and I don't even know if this is true or not, but um, he told me he was speaking to a restorer at the time, and they said they basically floated the entire painting off of the canvas and put it on uh, a relining. I mean, that, that sounds like an impossible. Have you ever heard of anyone attempting to do that? Well, yeah, there, are, there, there are processes similar to that in, in that you, you attach the painting to facing paper um, so that the front of the painting is completely attached to the facing paper and then you remove it from, usually from a panel or from a wall from the back. You wouldn't do that for canvas. But so then you, you shave down the panel until you get to the gesso level and then you put... Um, the canvas on the back, and then you remove the facing paper from the front. Not done very often nowadays. Sure sounds like a lot of work to do that. Uh, what, uh, when people say they need to have a painting relined, what is the purpose of that? Now, I know there used to be the old wax relinings. You don't see that much anymore. Maybe you can talk a little bit why you don't see that too much anymore. Um, well, there were some failings with wax linings in that they, they discolored the paint they, the idea in conservation is that everything should be reversible. And although you could take the wax lining off, you couldn't there always take the wax out of the painting. Um, and, and if the wax got into certain pigments in the painting or into certain varnishes, it would go dark, it would cloud. Um, and generally, the level of heat that was required made the could flatten the uh, the paint itself. So um, that that method is, as you say, is, isn't used anymore. Um, there used to be an a, an aluminum uh, interleaf put in between the canvas and the painting in wax linings because the wax didn't really have a lot of strength to hold a tear down. You had to hold it down. By, by a metal sheet which was supposed to expand or contract at the same, the same rate as the um, canvas, whether it did or not, I have no idea. They always tended to look very flat, and you can usually tell a wax lining from quite a distance because it would be slightly dark and flat. Um, and yes, we don't use that. We use ethyl vinyl acetate nowadays. The, the reason linings are done um, is it's not always a relining, sometimes it's just a lining, is that the canvas in some way is structurally damaged. Now, that could be overall damage. It could be dry and uh, de so desiccated that it was dusty and it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't strong enough so we couldn't um, re-stretch it. Or it could be the most obvious things, like it's got a puncher hole in it um, or tears and rips, and the only way other than patching um, would be to put the canvas right across the back of it so that you can hold the tears together. Uh, one of the things that I have heard um, over many years, and not just on paintings themselves, but say on Pennsylvania Dutch furniture, is it's always very important to have a good varnish surface. A varnish is what uh, protects the paint and keeps it from drying and flaking. 
And uh, what's, your, what's your opinion on that? Yes. <laughs> yes and no is actually my opinion on that. Yes. I mean, we, varnishes have to be appropriate for paintings. And some paintings were not intended to have a varnish on, and so one doesn't varnish them. Um, what one loses in that particular aspect is that the varnish does tend to saturate a colour. So you, are, you, me, are you talking about tempera or something? Um, well, there are, yes, tempera would, would be one, though a, num- a lot of tempera was varnished. Um, there are a lot of acrylic paintings. Um, there are a number of uh, 1920s, 30s paintings in oil that were done deliberately not to, to, not to have that varnish. The, ki- the kind of look that oil painting lends itself to, which is the glazed, the glazed saturated colours, has been at times unfashionable in the 20th century. So those, one, those paintings wouldn't, would not have had a varnish. Um, some people try a matte varnish, but that's sort of a contradiction in terms because it will protect the surface, to, so it will do that second part of what a varnish does, um, but it, it, it won't give the, any strength to the, um, the actual pigment itself. And how much easier it is to clean off a matte varnish than just cleaning paint um, that's open to question. And I think it's probably easier just to clean the paint surface than to take off a matte varnish. Um, but, uh, yes, if you're doing um, what we call old master paintings, you want the most beautiful finish you can get. And they still tend to be from varnishes that slightly yellow. And there's another, there is an argument in that, too, um, whether you want to try the, new, the newer varnishes, which have ultraviolet protection. Speaking of that, I was going to ask you um, how important, I mean, as far as furniture and a lot of things, textiles and stuff like that, um, when people ask me, I always tell them to make sure that you keep something out of direct sunlight. And um, you just said that some varnishes have ultraviolet protection. Um, Do you feel basically the same way about most paintings to keep them out of direct sunlight? Uh, I do, yes. Direct sunlight um, is harmful. To pigments, in that the pigments will will be will vary. They'll get lighter. They might they might change colour. In fact, um, and the amount of heat you can get from direct sunlight is too much generally for um, from the for any linings that the picture might have and for the stability of it all. Yeah. So keep out. Of, definitely keep it out of direct sunlight. Now, just for a, I have a couple of fun questions. I think they're fun anyway. Have you ever discovered an unknown signature while you were cleaning a piece? A uh, number of yes, number of times. Yeah, yeah. Which is it's not always good. <laughs> not always good. Um, all I can say is, you know, before the, the thing to do is if you've if you've inherited a painting, make sure you finish probate before you send it to the restorer. Cause, he might just find a signature that you don't want to see. That that sounds like a really good story that you probably can't tell. Is that right? <laughs> um, what? No, I know a lot of like auction houses because I've been involved with this myself. Um, have used you for restorations, and I know you're very busy. You have quite a staff here. Um, actually, a number of people working. So what type of people bring pieces to you for the most part? Is it privates or is it mostly people in galleries and in the trade in general? The, well, this, is, this has changed um, quite a lot over the, over the last uh, 20 years. When I first started here, 
we would have said we were 80% um, the trade. So galleries uh, and people who went to auctions and then were hoping to resell. So it was, it was dealers um, and galleries. And, that, and then we, you, you got a few private people who had heard about you and they, they came in. And gradually we built up a, a certain group of institutions who are not big enough to have their own conservation, um, but they, want, they wanted uh, an established conservator, so they come to us now. So the, the institutions part have, has increased. But somewhere in that time in 2008 or 2009, when, it, uh, when things changed, um, the, the, the dealers became considerably less, the galleries became considerably less, Auction houses, however, increased our business because they wanted paintings ready for retailers. And um, surprisingly enough, and I've noticed this, I also noticed this um, in 2001, after September the 11th, a number of people come with their things that they think are valuable at times of crisis to make sure that they're all ready to to pass on to the rest of their family. And um, so we had an increase in, in, in private clients. And, and now I would say most of, our tra- most of our business is with private clients. Um, we have some galleries still and a lot more auction houses. Well, it's interesting how, how that's um, all changed. Um, now, here's kind of a, a controversial subject. Have you ever worked on a piece and later found out or found out while you actually were housing it that it ended up being a stolen work? No, actually, I, I haven't. I haven't. Good. No, it is. Um, and I don't, uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't know how controversial it is now because um, there is a, definitely a, a greater emphasis on provenance with paintings. So if you're selling a painting or you own a painting, then all the information you can gather is, is, is more important than it, it used to be. Uh, and that includes conservation reports, and, res- and uh, so that people want to know what's happened to a painting, where it's been, um, which I, I'm, 20 years ago, people would come into the, the studio and they'd have something restored and then they wouldn't want to, wouldn't want any evidence that they'd done it and that was that was quite clear now now every move is uh, is documented and, and and photographed and everyone wants to know so so i've not quite answered about i haven't had any stolen work as far as i know but i'm not sure i would know and i do emphasize to our private clients that provenance is always important now what what do you do if a, a client brings in a piece and you start to work on it, or you just see it and, and right away, or or you understand that the piece is not by the artist it's supposed to be by. In other words, it's a let's just call it a fake signature. Uh, what do you what do you do at that point? Well, that's being quite precise when you say a fake signature. Um, it's it's how, it's what evidence I have, and if I have evidence that says this. The signature is not contemporary with the painting. Um, I would tell that to the the, the owner. 
that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not by the painter. Um, but I will tell you something, a reverse story that I was quite amusing, is that I was at an exhibition of a painter who was well into his 90s and we, he decided then and there to sign some of his work that was on the walls and after the exhibition was over and he'd gone and the gallery owner came, came up to me and said, can you remove his signature? Because anyone <laughs> would never have believed these bright green daubs <laughs> were, were real. So, and he hadn't done it at the time he'd painting and, and that would have led to confusion. So sometimes we just like... To, you can get a painter's uh, sign later... Um, and, and that does confusion. So you, all you can say is that is not done at the same time. That's great. Have you ever found, uh, I, I don't know if they really call them this, but a ghost, like a, another painting under a painting? I, you find, yes, you can find all sorts of things that have been painted over, if that's what. Another painting, another full painting, um, I know they're underneath there because the paint on top doesn't hold so well, but I have never taken one whole painting off to see if the painting underneath was any good. Well, I heard, uh, I heard the story of, of Van Gogh, or Van Gogh, however you say that, was uh, the cafe that he had his paintings in. The girlfriend, I guess he broke up with, sold, and all his, his paintings were bought for canvas and painted over. And occasionally they find a Van Gogh underneath. <laughs> that, that would be pretty exciting. We're just about out of time here. Is, and can you tell, like, what is the most interesting story when it comes to a restoration that you were involved in? Well, that would be that's difficult to answer. Interesting, um, but I would say that we get some work in very, very poor condition. So that that becomes interesting. And, and one we had delivered in an envelope where we actually poured it out like grains of sand, which was interesting to even think that they thought we could put it back together again, which we we couldn't do. <laughs> Um, we did have one by Gilbert Stewart of, uh, of George Washington, and um, that came in 12 pieces. It had gone through a shredder by a, oh. by a parcel company that I won't mention, and then who then asked me why I didn't use them. <laughs> so that, that these things can be quite... Um, you know, that's... Uh, Interest. Most paintings have some interest, actually. Most paintings really do, and it's not always to do with the, the subject. It's just how how the painter has gone about what he's done, and sometimes what's not obvious, um, where you'll you'll start cleaning and it'll reveal a, especially in Elizabethan portraits. There's often extra bits that over the years have been painted out, and then you're cleaning away and out will come some ornaments or a dog or something like that. And that, that's, that's interesting. Oh, wow. One last question here. A lot of people will, when I'm in a house or whatever, they'll have a painting that's very dirty and they'll ask, you know, um, should I have it cleaned? And I usually tell them, yes, you know, take it to a professional and don't try to do it yourself. Do you think that's good advice? <laughs> I think, uh, I think the, the, the second part is, yes, <laughs> don't do it yourself. Uh, we do get a number of things in the studio that they, people have had a go at, and they usually come in very sheepishly and say, it all fell apart. I just scrubbed it and all the paint came off. And yes, that's what happened. So, no, 
don't don't do it yourself. Generally, a certain amount of discoloration of varnish probably can be left because we don't want to be cleaning paintings every 50 years. There won't be that much much left if we do that every 50 years and it goes on for a few hundred. Um, but do if you. But if it's, I think the thing to watch mostly is where your painting is hung, and that it is not too wet, too damp, and not too dry. So the variables in 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 the in the air humidity are the most important thing for conserving a painting. I just want to tell one last story to get your opinion of this. I know that last one was supposed to be the last one, but uh, <laughs> but I went into. Uh, a house with a, a painting I sold to a, um, a guy. I delivered it for him, and it was in a very expensive painting. To me, I call very expensive. He paid over $20,000 for it. It was very dirty. Um, he Right in front of me, he said, he wanted to show me something. He pops it out of the frame. He takes something. He tests a little corner, and then I see him spraying over the entire canvas with Tylex, and I'm not joking about this. Tylex, and then he took... A garden hose. Oh. I'm, not, I'm making this up. And, and he he washed over it, and then he said the whole thing will turn white. And he says tomorrow I'll spray it with varnish. I went over there a few weeks later. The thing <laughs> the thing actually looked pretty good. But can you believe? Have you ever heard of anyone doing anything like that? No, <laughs> no. That that's that's his own unique way of doing it. Though I have read very serious reports on conservation done from. Yeah, the turn of the 20th century, where the conservators who worked for very important galleries would take the paintings outside so that they would get the sunlight after they had cleaned them, literally just lie them out. Um, probably not something we'd do nowadays. So people do have all sorts of ideas of how to clean, how to clean paintings. Um, all right, can you give out your, your website address? So... Um Someone can find you out there. And uh, by the way, it will be linked under the podcast. Um, well, yes, Anthony Moore, paintingconservation.com. Is that more with an E? It's more with an E. M O O R E. Thank you very much, Anthony. Thank, thank you, Mark. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by WorthPoint. Find out what your antiques are worth at worthpoint.com.